When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, traders? Yes, good morning. I know. Where is Spencer Israel? He's at a wedding enjoying it, but we're here ready for the market. I know that you guys are excited to go ahead, dive right in. We got a lot of earnings to talk about. Etsy, eBay getting a little bit of hit, putting a little bit of a warning sign out there. We got some other earnings, Twilio, Shop, Booking. We'll talk a lot about these. And of course, tonight, there's a lot of action going on. We got Jeremy Newsom as the guest. We're going to have a great show. I know I got the boys in the back. Let's get it started. Welcome to it, Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. It looks like uh, we're having a little bit of audio issues. Let me bring on the guys. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you fine, Mitch. We, we oh, hear that's... you well, Mitch, but I have got the YouTube going too, and I don't hear you on YouTube either. So, All right. The so intro me... was heard. I got you. I'll do a quick adjustment here for you guys. I can you hear guys me. might see something, but let me, let I, me no, switch no. this up. Mitch, is, Mitch, you're the only one they don't hear. All right. Any, how are we anyways, doing now? Mitch, I, I believe they hear me. I believe they hear Joel. I believe they don't hear Mitch for some reason. All right. They, they, that should be fixed now. Let's check if they hear me. I boom, think boom. we're good. Mitch, I think we're can good. you hear me? Yeah, good. Everybody's yes. good. I'm sorry about that, guys. Now. Good. Thank you, chat. Chat. Yeah, you're a lot the going heroes. on. Heroes Normally, I'm the in the back, and that's what happens here is that I'm controlling everything. Got like six different windows open here. Let's go ahead. Let's jump right into the app overnight action here. Joel, go ahead up, share those charts. Let's get those up. Let's see what we saw in the overnight action. Okay. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot to Give talk about today. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we're down 28 and a half handles, uh, 42, 66, 75. Uh, resistance, well-defined. Uh, support, hmm. I'll have to take some tips from you guys. We can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, crude uh, up a buck sixty six at one hundred nine forty seven. Uh, gold perking up, up thirty one bucks at eight. Oh, this is called nineteen hundred. Silver back in the twenty three handle just by a few pennies, up sixty four cents twenty three oh four. Bitcoin just does not want to give up that thirty seven seven level. Nice pop yesterday, down 370 on the session at 39,520. And Ethereum futures, uh, they're in the red by just a tad, 31.50 at 29.26.50. All right, Triple D, where do, where do you want to start here? Um, I know I can't <laughs> take credit for the rally. I don't know if you can take credit for the rally, but uh, 
We rallied. That, CNBC that's CNBC is sure taking credit for the rally, though. So they're calling it the Leesman rally. They had to mention it every 10 minutes on CNBC to the point of how nauseating it was. Um, I mean, is it the CNBC rally? Mitch, you can dive into these details if you want to, but we can just tell them what happened yesterday. Leesman asked a question to Jerome Powell saying it's 75 basis points. So you guys like thinking about that. And Powell said, no, we are not considering 75 base points at this time. And then we blasted off 130 S&P handles in the next hour. It shows how much this market just ripping on algos, man, and dumb ones to boot. But Mitch, uh, you thought there was more details, devil in the details when you're digging into the Fed. Talk about what you found as well. Yeah, well, yesterday we got two press releases from the Fed. Really, the first one was the meeting. The second one was how they were going to approach selling off of the assets. I've talked about this, and I and I think it's the focus of the market. Every time I've seen the market take a big dip, it was with comments either with Brainyard or was it in the January minutes that came from December that first mention of the selling off of the assets, then. In April, we got from March's minutes that the Fed would start getting rid of those bonds in the tune of $95 billion a month, those bonds being the Treasury securities. Yesterday, released in the press release, it clearly states that for Treasury securities, the cap would initially be set at $30 billion per month, and then after three months, would increase to $60 billion per month. And nowhere in the press release does it ever even get to mentioning the tune of $95 billion a month. I think this is where, at least if you look simply at the facts and the press releases, this is what's changed from yesterday and what we got. What's changed overall is not as hawkish. I mean, to what you're saying and your, and your research, good due diligence there, Mitch, to the Leesman question where... You know, some people were considering that the Fed might actually go 75 at the next meeting, and they're saying they're not even considering it at this time. So multiple things saying, hey, this Fed isn't as hawkish as we thought they were five minutes ago. You know, and that's why when you look and you, you know, you're asking at the press conference, I do believe the Leesman question had a lot to do with the rally as well, because this is what we're in. We're in the simplistic market. The market has become so simplistic mainly because it's so algorithmic driven. Everybody thinks there's really complex algorithms driving everything. And there's some complex algorithms out there, but it's probably the simple ones that drive price. You know, where we see an earnings report, it's a miss. They hit the stock. We see, you know, we get a question 75 instead of, you know, of, or 50 instead of 75, and they rip them higher on it because it took off during that question as well. So I think it was the CNBC Leesman question that kick-started us. But, you know, you get down there in the details, and the bottom line is maybe the Fed isn't as hawkish as we thought they were yesterday. And that's why there's a repricing of risk here all of a sudden. I'm going to go back to my original thesis, though, and say we need some data. We need to see inflation slowing down before I feel like jumping in all in on this market. Yeah, I'm going to hop in here because um, I don't want to say like I'm, I'm disappointed that the market rallied because i'm happy you know just like long-term you know holdings and we got off the low but like i'm 
I'm like, I'm kind of disappointed at the reason that it rallied or the supposed reason that it rallied. I was hoping to hear something there like, you know, we're seeing supply chains uh, issues uh, abate or a little bit of a hint at the at the, at the CPI number that, that's coming up. There, there's no way in a thousand years that I would have thought that, you know, that that comment would have been what instigated the rally and, and it, it did. So you just have to live with the facts. Uh, I think if you just boil it down to, I mean, there's when we're just, this market is so not out of the woods by any stretch in the imagination, we could be, you know, down what happened last week and the Monday low, and we can get all excited about this rally. Uh, but we still have, a lot of issues to deal with, a lot of things going on. Yeah. And I think that's, I think the charts are, are telling you that and where, where it, uh, it stopped that, you know, it stopped where it stopped yesterday. Right. And now you're looking at a potential, you know, quad top in the market. We stalled out last week. The spiders got right there. So to me, you can see that that's a clear line in the sand to me. If this is as good a move, is it's gonna be, and this is we're out of the woods. Then this market's gonna clear forty three hundred today or tomorrow, and it's it, gonna keep on going. If not, then we're gonna we got a lot of work to do on not a lot of work, but we got some work to do on the downside. I have I know where I want to sell this market today. It's hard for me to find a place where I could yeah. like buy it on low risk. Well, there it's there is no low risk in this yeah. market, and that's the <laughs> biggest problem. That's why I look and I see competition. My banker calls me yesterday, you know, because he knows I got some cash on the side, and he's like, "I got one years for you. They're up to three point three, like that's you know a special rate or whatever. It's not gonna be the posted rate, but three point three on a one year, like equivalent to you know T bill GIC government secured three point one year three point three. That's competition for the market. You know, we were getting on for one sure. year GICs. A year ago, we were getting like 0.8, not even 1%. Now, because they've got the, you know, it's skewed up so much, like 3.3. I mean, that's competition. So Huge. it's why the bond market has been absolutely assassinated because you've got rates that are coming up. But the stock market, for the most part, has taken it pretty much in stride. So, I mean, you still analyze here. I do think if we were rallying off of inflation data, that showed that we were slowing, I'd be a lot more confident in the rally than we were rallying because Steve Leesman asked a question. So I would agree. I think it's a stupid rally. I think it was done by dumb algorithms. Does that mean I'm necessarily selling it? No, because I'm just sitting. I've been the same thing, you know, where I'm in my long-term account. I'm buying and selling every day. Don't kid yourself, you know, and I'm net to, you know, when you see moves like that, I'm going to be shorting my trading account. But I like to talk to you guys more from a swing trading longer-term perspective you know, because obviously you guys can participate in that a lot easier. And from a long-term perspective, I'm still sitting at 50%, like 48% cash because there's just so much risk. And I want to go risk reward. And when I see this much risk and it's up there, when the VIX is as high and you got stocks that fall 30% on an earnings report, there is just a hell of a lot of risk out there. So I know everybody's just excited to make money. That's what this is about, making money, making money. But it's more about risk re re return. That is what life is about, risk return. And Joel, to your point, there's so much risk, man. What if the CPI data is hot still? We don't have that number. I told you, I think it could come in a little bit light, like maybe a below, slightly below what the expectations are. But 
I don't know if it's going to be this quarter or next quarter. I know what the Fed is doing is going to work. It's going to equal demand destruction. We are going to see less, you know, we're going to see some of these earnings reports that aren't great, which we're already seeing now. But going forward, I'm concerned about it. There's just a lot of things to worry about. So, I mean, if you're all in, you're, you, you're confident, you're all in. But I'm comfy right now having some cash because this is just the market has too much risk for me right now. Well, green lights on, guys, for me at least. I'll tell you guys, I'm feeling a little bit more bullish. I'm in the bullish sense today. Oh, stop though, Mitch. You were bearish two days ago, so exactly. why bullish now? What happens this is, is this is the equivalent of chasing. This is something I do. One of the things is being flexible. I don't yeah, I don't sure. agree with trying to always like let's say jump in right now. I'll be looking for hourly pullbacks to hold. Um, so that's my biggest chart. I like that as a focus today. I'm going to be looking for stocks like, let's say, NVIDIA um, is on my radar today. Um, tech stocks are going to be on my radar. And one of the biggest things that I want to see is I just want to see a little bit of a pullback at the open and then a good rally into the market. I think the pullback is kind of needed because you already rallied, right? So I don't want to jump into the move. But I do think that sentiment changed yesterday. And with that being said, I'm going to be a trader. I'm going to use some lows to you know, count my risk, but I'm going to take some shots today. We'll see what happens. Well, you can take shots on everything. And maybe you do buy this pullback. Maybe you know we're getting a dip. We naturally are selling yeah. rips and buying dips. We're getting a 24-point dip. They're already doing that to a certain extent they here. Are. On the Twilio report last night. Twilio report, they hammered. This stock, and let's go to the Twilio earnings, Mitch, there. You can bring up the stock, Joel. But they absolutely hammered the stock last night. And you've got to be, as a trader, I I was biased to buy the pullback last night to pull the trigger because for simplistic reasons, it's too much babysitting. And and it's a lot of risk. But when it went under 100, I was like, this is the kind of stock that we just got this rip roaring rally, and now they're they're hitting this thing this hard. They're probably probably coming and buy this dip. I didn't think they were going to take a positive 10 minutes later. It went down to 95 and then rallied to 130. I mean, these moves are just crazy. That's why from you know risk-reward perspective, there's a lot of risk in everything right now. But you've got to look. Okay, we've got new information. There's FOMO built back in here now. So buy the dip mentality is going to be there. So as a trader, I have my buy the dip hat on today. Absolutely. As an investor, I'm not coming off that 48, 50% cash yet. So big difference between trading and investing. Yet, so Twilio's earnings here uh, reported a break-even quarter per share versus the Zach's consessment loss of $0.23. Cents. Um, it compares to the earnings of $0.05 cents per share uh, a year ago. Definitely a lot better there. Uh, this quarter represents earnings surprise of 100% there. Um, so we're going to keep watching here. One of the things that with Twilio being mentioned and over the last four quarters, um, it's definitely passed the EPS estimate four times. So I know that that's something that Joel looks at to see if it consistently beats EPS on the earnings. And Twilo has been doing that. Look at this. I mean, I thought they would buy it on a pullback, but on the <laughs> other hand, you know, you would have gotten, you would have bought it at the low of the move. You would have gotten, you know, you would have been feeling like you got run over when it went to 95 bucks. So went to 95 popped over 130 130 90 i'm just gonna throw out the high throw out the low cost support throw it all the close from you yeah I, I i you know 
it, if you want to own this today, you know, maybe try and get it unchanged. You know, you kind of, you, you didn't have quite a chance to do that in AMD yesterday uh, because it, it did go, it filled the gap. But if you want to own this today, then, you know, maybe try and pick it up at the close. And then really your true risk is down to the low of the move. If you really think this is the report that's going to turn around Twilio. That, that's the way yeah. I look at this. It's one. so tough. We don't know any of that stuff. I, I mean, and that's the, the point I'm trying to make here. And I love, you know, the people, you know, got to rub in your face. Oh, you didn't participate in that rally yesterday, Dennis? I mean, there's always got to be people. Well, <laughs> did I say that? I've got 50% stocks. I did pretty good. And people you're laugh. Always and, oh, well, if you have 50% man. cash, you missed that rally. <laughs> but on my 50% cash... I missed the sell-off for the last six months. So I'm still a hell of a lot way ahead of the game. I think I analyzed my investment account, and I think I'm 3.5% off the highs. It's pretty so I think that most. cash helped. So despite missing, so yeah, I didn't get it all back yesterday, but I think we've been pretty conservative and saying I have some cash for a long time. So I think I'm doing better than the average bear. Um, you know, n- not being significantly off the highs, and I, I don't know, don't I think it was when I checked it last, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I don't look at you know the percentages all the time there, but it wasn't significantly off the highs. There's no way I was 12% off my highs. So, but I have some bags. Don't kid yourself. Like I know we bought the Disney, we bought some stocks. I think it's all about you. I mean, it's everybody thinks it's a comparison game. You know, this is another thing too, and this is the problem of social media. Your you, newer traders are always comparing themselves to everyone else. It's not a comparison game. It doesn't even matter. So what it, what the other person is doing, it matters what you're doing. It matters how you're comfortable with your trades. I mean, I'm probably a lot better trader when I don't even look at social media because one, it changes my opinion. It screws up my instincts. It you know makes you feel bad about yourself because everybody will talk how they were all in yesterday. Oh, my entire Twitter feed bought right before they bought at two o'clock because they knew that it was oversold and the technical indicators sold, told them they were oversold and it was time to bounce. But they won't tell you that they've been invested the whole damn time and that they're down, you know, in their, you know, Twilio position, 60%. You won't hear any of that. They'll say, man, you know, on, you know, the, the move yesterday, I was up three, 4% on this stock. I'm really good at this. But they won't tell you that yeah, they're down 50% in it though. That's the toxicity of social media. So all I want to say is again, Try not to read too much into what people are tweeting about because Twitter, 90% of the people on there don't have the guts to talk about their losers. It's happening, man. There is a lot of wealth lost. Don't kid yourself. Somebody owns these Kathy Wood stocks. Somebody owns some of these stocks. I'm bag holding Disney. I'm bag holding a few other bad ones for sure. I mean, we all have them. Have the guts to talk about it. Don't just brag. Let's go on Twitter to brag. So disgusting. Yeah, I, Dennis. I, I, Dennis, you know, you know, you're not going to get any any pushback from me on that. I mean, it's but... it's so toxic to read it. It screws up your mindset. It but makes don't you worry think about that everybody it. Everybody else is smart and you're dumb. But and you that's know not what? the case, folks. We have a great chat. I love this chat. You know, ninety percent of the people in this chat are awesome. 90% of this chat are like really good. And then there's a 10% of, you know, people that just come on there to piss you off. But I mean, I mean you know. our chat is really good. <laughs> we have some great traders in our chat. Um, you know, Richard Judge, you know, we have some great traders in our chat. So I'm just trying to say when you go to that Twitter, there is so much toxicity there. It can make you a worse trader. I can tell you, I, I can tell you, 
you know, I can't tell you how to become a good trader, but I can definitely tell you how tell to you become how a now. bad trader. Yep. And that's reading Twitter, taking advice from people on Twitter, you know, all these gurus that know everything. And, you know, half of these things, you know, from these bigger people are pump and dumps. I mean, it's just good to avoid it, to, to be honest. You know what I, you know what I'm happy about, though, is that um, <laughs> Elon Musk is going to take care of all this. Yeah, yeah, Twitter. he's got this, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dennis. This, right? So Twitter's gonna be nice. They might even change the name to like niceness or something. But that that's what you know, it's gonna change social media. And um but let's move on. We we we, we hey, got a lot hey. to cover. Let's get starting, say- let's get fired up, let's look forward, let's look for today and let's look for tomorrow. We know what happened. Let's just let's just break it out, let's give just give it our best and and analyze what's gonna happen today and tomorrow, and then we'll, well that's all we there. can do. Yep. All right, so I'm going to transition us to a little bit of the weak reports here, and then we'll go to another strong one. Uh, let's go to Etsy's and eBay's, and then we'll Ooh. go into shop because I feel like those two definitely played factors into the shop report, and they kind of set the bar a little bit higher than expected. But let's go to Etsy, eBay there. Better than expected earnings, but weak guidance here. Yeah, people are, I think people that's are, the important part. People are going to the store, man. Go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. Do you want to give the numbers? Etsy earnings per share were at sixty cents versus sixty cents expected. So in line there, revenues were at five hundred and seventy-nine million versus five hundred and seventy-five million. Uh, and eBay's <laughs> earnings were at one dollar and five cents adjusted versus a dollar three expected. Revenues were at two point four eight billion versus two point four six. So you can see there slight beats on the revenue. Really close there on the earnings per share. But what really happened was a weak guidance given here in the e-commerce industry um, and showing signs of slowing down there. And I think this Shopify is with it. Yeah. Same I, thing. I definitely think. Same report. Yeah. I right? mean, same thing. Like the pull forward happened. People going out and doing real things now, going on real trips, flying real places, going to like Disney World which I think is going to show up in the numbers this quarter. I mean, people want to get out there and do real things, not shop online, not get their online business going where as, as much, you know, there was a pull forward there. Do I still believe in Shopify and Etsy as businesses for sure, but there was a huge pull forward there and that's coming off now. And that's why you're seeing these stocks come down to reasonable, not at reasonable valuations, but they're trying to get there. Both good companies, Etsy, Shopify, just ridiculous valuations, and that's coming in. So, Mitch, can you give us those Shopify numbers, too, just so then we'll break down? Of course, right here in Shopify, non-gap EBS of $0.20 misses by $0.45 there. Revenues of $1.2 billion uh, missed by $40 so not the biggest miss there on the revenue, Um, but when you look at at some some numbers just to give some a little bit more color monthly reoccurring revenue was up 17% year over year uh, subscription solution revenue was up 8% and gross merchandise volume was at 43.2 billion which represents a two year uh, annual compound rate growth at 57%. So I think the business is still growing a little bit, but at the moment right now, it seems like they just started slowing down. The question is, can they come back? And I mean, they've already given back what uh, I think, what was the top of shop there? We got, Oh geez. Yeah. 750, seven, almost 760 there. Uh, yeah. 758, 78. It was like 1600. Yeah. Oh man. Go it back. Was more than that. It was <laughs> 1700. It just got absolutely stupid. 
Yeah. I mean, that was the whole problem. Yeah. I sold it when it was at 600 because I thought it was stupid. Down then I went to 1700 I mean, this is just where we're at. But if you think about just the logic behind Shopify specializes in getting small businesses online. They have mm-hmm. a lot of other little businesses, but that's their main business. Get small businesses online. These small businesses have people coming into the stores right now. In a pandemic, it's like I have nobody in my store. I can't open my store. We're in lockdowns in Ontario for felt like ever. I mean, and obviously it's a Canadian company. I mean, they've got to sell stuff. I'm like, I got to get online. I got to start selling stuff online because nobody's coming to my physical store. The pull forward would have been crazy. That's all coming off because we're back to normal, at least in North America. We're back to normal. So when you think about it, it makes sense. The numbers have got to come in. The expectations were just too high. So is there a point in time to buy Shopify? Yeah, but now I'm like, I got to reevaluate again because I was evaluating it on you know some numbers that I thought were high already. And now the numbers are coming lower. And they're telling me the next quarter is going to suck too. So they're giving you it, the, the only out. reason this thing would rally is maybe there's people who FOMO'd yesterday and they're FOMOing now and they missed it yesterday. And maybe they need to just buy stocks on pullbacks and here's a pullback for you. But this other thing's being equal. Quarter is terrible for both Etsy and Shopify. Businesses, you know, it's not as good as everybody dreamed it was going to be. And I think it's a dose of reality. It's a reality check for all these companies. Um, One of the things uh, we'll definitely check out the relationship probably with Amazon. But I do want to mention they also made an acquisition. They acquired a deliverer's outstanding uh, securities in a transaction valued at $2.1 billion, consisting approximately of 80% cash and 20% Shopify Class A voting shares. So just to add some color also there on Shop. All right. We just ripped through a lot of stocks there. Um, we had a few stops, didn't we? <laughs> what, so what, we was the, what, what was the Etsy first one? and eBay. Okay. So we can uh, do there Etsy. was one that... What stuck out to me? All right, so this one, I, I'm sorry because I was said I wanted to tell you I to just, help you for basically today. shop at Etsy, same shirts. What I was yeah, saying. yeah, Etsy, the same stock, same. Etsy gave you a, a shot at a good level. I don't know if you're going to get a shot again, but look at big three day rally, low of the move, ninety sixty three from Monday. I don't know why it went to one ten and change, but it came down, came all the way Kissed down. It. Yeah, ninety oh one. So it's this is one of those situations now where oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get it at ninety, and there are going to be bids at ninety four, ninety three and a half, ninety two. You know, I just don't know if you're going to get back down to you got that one shot. Um, on the rebound here, what is the bottom of yet? Yes, well, we had such a big range yesterday. Um, hmm, the lows ninety six ten. Uh, from yesterday, so you get above ninety six ten. That one opens up. Uh, shop, I think it. What did that shop go through the low of the move? I was just looking at the Etsy shop. Uh, you had a low pre market low four oh nine. You would have gotten filled because the more move of the low low of the move was four eleven seventeen. Now you're eleven bucks away from there. I don't know if you're going back down there. And then what was the other one? Um, eBay. eBay eBay who, who oh, goes on got, eBay anymore. People got yeah. That I, business is struggling, I think. I think <laughs> there's so much competition there. Yeah. And that's one thing is like, okay, well, Shopify, Etsy are still in their growth phase. eBay's in more of a maturity phase. So obviously valuation's not crazy at all, but you're it to, to your appointment. I mean, 
I used to go on eBay all the time. There's so many other places you can go to buy stuff. Competition, yeah. Yeah, yeah competition's intense for them. 50 bucks, man. This ain't better hold 50 bucks. So That's huge 50, level. Yeah, it doesn't huge look level. good. Huge doesn't level. look good. That's not, I mean, it doesn't look like people are anxious to pay more than 50 right here. Uh, what was your your February? This is the day the market bottomed too. I mean, a little cautious, 49.53, low of the move, 50. But, man, when stocks hang out near the low of the move like that, ugh, better hold. That's what I'm looking at in eBay. And it kind of broke out yesterday over 54. So you got a lot of people scratching their head now like, oh, I thought I was going to 56. Nope. We're back down at the low of the move. All right. Let's transition to some more earnings reports. Of course, there's so much to talk about today. Don't think we'll be able to touch everything. Like 400 or something or 500 stocks. Or something <laughs> yeah. It's between insane, to, between the free market and like tonight. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And there's more tonight. Yeah. We'll get into those tonight. Let's get into now bookings uh, earnings report. Uh, they're actually up significant amount here. Uh, big beats on revenue and adjusted EBITDA for the first quarter. Um, EPS was at $3.90. May not be comparable to the $1.18 expected. I'm pretty sure there's an adjustment there that wasn't done there. Uh, revenue at $2.7 billion, up 136% year over year and beat by 170 million of the estimate there. Uh, rooms night booked in the first quarter of 2022 increased 100% uh, from the prior year quarter. So year over year, 100% increase. Uh, and adjusted EBITDA for the first quarter of 2022 was at 310 million compared to an adjusted EBITDA loss of 195 million in the prior year's quarter. People doing real things going real places going like reopening i mean you could have came into this earnings season with that theme in your head and probably been killing it yeah and that's what we're seeing the theme still holds but the market can't figure it out because the market is epically stupid say that again to yourself the market is dumb it is what it's there's no logic stupidity it, it, it it's, it's nobody can think outside the box we were talking about this four days ago what did we say these travel stocks might report some pretty good quarters. We said it on this show. Here's booking. The biggest travel stock of them all reports a good quarter. Just got to think like and go through it. Um, you know, in your head, say, hey, people are going out and doing more things. That means probably better for booking, probably better for, you know, these travel hotel stocks, probably not as good for stuff that's, you know, going to be at home, sitting at home like you're at season shopping online. So there you go. I mean, the theme continues to pay the bills. So knowing what is, you know, actually happening out there, just opening your eyes and looking what is happening in the real world yeah, is a good that. tell into the markets. But the market can't look that deep. There's no like get your, you know, get out there and see it. The market just headlines everything. And that's algorithms. And the market has become stupid because the algorithms control it all and they're all simplistic. Buy, oh beat, buy equals buy. Oh, miss equals sell. And that's it. That's it. So if you can predict or have a good feeling that booking might beat in an earnings season that a lot, a lot of companies are beating, you just made yourself some pretty good money. And uh, this one, I'll leave it to you experts on this one. Uh, it hit 2000 yesterday in the interday session and it hit 2400 over that in the pre-market. Uh, so, I mean, 
buyer at 2000 seller at 2400 I mean, in between there, I have absolutely no idea. To, I mean, this is a high price stock, but, uh, you know, like the two highs over 2400 couldn't fill the gap. Now you're pulling back. 1,800 shares have traded. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ah, that's for someone else. I'm not I'm not touching this one. And um, and again, now does that mean I'm coming in and buying it now? Though the event no already happened. No the event way. already happened. So we're not saying, oh, now let's go and buy booking. You know, that's the simplistic algorithms that are paying the bills to somebody who actually thought outside the box and got long booking ahead of the report. I don't like going long stocks long ahead of the reports, but there is there was uh, some money sitting there on some of these stocks just from using basic logic. All right, I'm let's a buyer ahead. at the top of yesterday's range. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'd go out there. The if top of yesterday's range was 2109.61. I'd, I'd throw a 2110 bid out there because I wouldn't want to miss it if it filled the gap. But, of course, uh, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, one of the things that I would say is that you remember uh, Expedia got hit hard. So maybe they come back a little bit with this booking report. Um, but just to keep a relationship in mind. Um, we'll see what happened with that one after a big hit. Um, yeah, Expedia didn't didn't follow that script though. Triple D, huh? That's uh, Airbnb that's did though, and there's yeah. not going to be. And here again, it's not a hundred percent. Exactly. I exactly. wish something worked a hundred percent of the time. If my strategies or my calls worked a hundred percent of the time, I would <laughs> have know. more money than Elon Musk. But they Let don't. No, they don't. <laughs> Nothing works a hundred percent of the time. I wish I could be right a hundred percent of the time. But if I'm right fifty two percent of the time. I'm like a casino, and that's an edge. And yep, that's, that's all you need to do. Is be right for. a little bit more than you're wrong, or you can even be wrong more than you're right. But if your you winners got to be bigger than your yep. losers. I'll tell you where an edge does matter, especially when you're going to the casinos. Let's talk a little bit about Penn here. Let's let's. What's talk going about on Penn. with Penn? Um, I, I'm actually interested in here earnings. There you go. A Q1 EPS at 29 cents, Gosh. missing a 43 cent estimate. Sales of 1.56 billion beat the 1.53 billion estimate, and it raises Raise uh, the fiscal year 2022 guidance nice. from 6.7 uh, billion to 6.39 billion, um, and it was originally at 6.15 to 6.55 billion of uh, the estimate was for the year at 6.31 so there you guys have it uh raising it up there to a high of 6.55 versus the estimate originally at 6.31 my wife is the bag holder on penn her long-term <laughs> account which i bought the stock for her blame it on back the wife at like 65 dollars or 68 dollars and then the portnoy stuff happened which i don't even remember what it was now with that girl or whatever yeah, it was yeah, that's which so was all he destroyed the, the whole gambling market with that that yeah scandal. yeah really oh did. yeah it, w- it wouldn't have went down i sold half of never it. i sold half of it at like a five point loss and then we've i've had her bag hold the entire other half. <laughs> 
Which, oh, here you go. I got some losers there, too. So I'll, I'll say it's my wife's account. I think it is her RSG Man. account. I'm still the bag holder, or she's the bag holder. Laura, thanks to my I have four. Laura's number here. Right. I don't Someone call, call Laura. Laura. Yeah, she, good thing she doesn't listen to the show, man. You'd be like. She's like, why do I have all the losers? <laughs> I uh, have all the quick, winners. I know we got Jeremy coming on here, and I know I've been uh, a Debbie Downer on these uh, on these stocks. Do got the Kentucky Derby. I, I'm almost done with my Kentucky Derby article, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Th- this way, let's not look left because we missed the supported 36. That's where the big boys were, uh, were lining up, right? But look at all these t- these three tops here at 39, right? Look at this. Yesterday's high. So this one, you're opening into resistance, but it's one of these charts where, you know, if you can get bid here at 39, you know, and not even leak into the lower 38 handle, get bid 39, then I, then I kind of like this. Maybe, you know, a short-term trade up to 40. Uh, but it's important, you know, it's it's opening right into the teeth of resistance. And if you can, you know, those days where it just like, holds the prior days high and we've seen this a lot of times so uh you know i like to set up here in that one dkng uh you know it's getting a little lift off that i'd say you get ooh, 16 I'll, I'll put it's not as good as the 39 and pen but see what happens above um uh 16 in dkng we got jeremy did they close the dkng gnog must have closed eh they finally closed today. I, I don't see GNOG for the first day, and I, I'm disappointed because I traded that risk herb for a long time. I should have actually known. Yeah, I completed this morning. Yep. No more GNOG. I lose another risk herb play. No more. Yeah. I love George that GNOG. George mentioned that my horse, he did not get last last year. I think he Uh-oh. got second Uh-oh, to last. Remember. He got second to last. And I knew it right out. I wish I wish I could have shorted him right out of the gate, man. He, he bumped three. He almost felt the jockey almost fell off the horse. That doesn't happen very often, but you're right on that one. But uh, I got a pick. I'll, I'll reveal that tomorrow. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's bring on the guy that I have to say had the best beard. I, I, I've tried to grow it like that at one point, oh, but I man, couldn't get it to that point. So let's bring beard. him on here. CEO of Real Life Trading, guys. And definitely, one thing I'll tell you before we bring him on, check out the new book. It's in the description below, guys. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on Jeremy. What's going on, man? What's up, champions? How you guys doing? Hey, real life, right? <laughs> Dude, yes. I like the yes. mic. Look at, this, look at this fancy mic he's got here. I'm trying to be like Mitch. Dick. Hey, that, that, that's... I, 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 Honestly, I'm trying to be like you in that beard, man. <laughs> I'm getting there, he's, but but he's trimming like, it up a bit. I like he's it much it up better. A bit. He's looking cleaner I, today. Yeah, like, I, not so I much agree. Grizzly Adams here. He's yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. I, I started getting to look good. People were giving me like money as I walked down the street. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta trim this thing. You know, that's, that was, that's a good edge, though. That beard was the total edge there, Jeremy. Walk down the street, you're getting paid, man. Right? Man, I should grow a beard. That's it. Well, the, the good thing about a beard like that is like you just need to eat one meal, you know, because later in the <laughs> oh, day, God. you know, you can uh. pick this stuff out. Oh, I need some more eggs, and you can just pick it up out of there. That's it. It's there but somewhere. No, you're looking sharp. Uh Jeremy Newson, uh, if you guys don't know him, uh longtime uh guest on the show, longtime fan. Uh likes to in the market, he, he's pretty old. I mean, I've seen him super bullish, super bearish, and I mentioned that the bear crawl that you did. A Thanks, while man. ago, yeah. you get the family out there. Yeah. Um, you called for the forty one hundred. We 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 got under there a little bit. Um, 
just like just go fundamental here for a second here. I mean, we had a nice rally yesterday, but is it anything to get excited about? You know, I'm what I'm watching, man. The long-term levels on weekly charts is what I'm keeping my eyes on right now. And I know Mitch kind of mentioned this as well on NVIDIA, but the 4,100 target did hit on my short for futures on the E-minis, on the SPUs, uh, as my boy Joel calls them. And um, that was essentially the 100 SMA, the 100 simple moving average on the weekly chart. That was really the spot that I was keeping a close eye on, which is right now, I think, 40.35, give or take. But, I mean, NVIDIA hit that to the penny, uh, bounced pretty nicely. AMD is kind of hovering around that right now after a pretty decent earnings. That's the, those are the levels I'm watching for, man. The weekly charts right now is I'm really keeping a big eye on long-term, long-term moving averages, long-term simple arrangements. Because if we take those out, man, <laughs> it's going to get rough. It's going to get rough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things I always like to do is in the volatile times, just move back a chart, right? Like if you're yep. usually looking at the dailies, like, you know, and this too just still volatile, just move back one to the weeklies. Yep. I've been trying to also pay attention to those monthlies. I think those are really coming into play for like longer term support mm. um, and trying to attack those supports, give you a, a higher probability of just attacking, let's say, just a one day support there. Um, yeah. Now, one thing that we did see yesterday is we did get the interest rate uh, kind of going up. We yep. also got a good earnings report out of AMD. Um, you, you're pointing to NVIDIA. Is there anything else in the tech that's kind of pointing out for you? No. <laughs> no? That's a good sign. Man, uh, tech hey. is weak. Tech, tech is, is so weak. weak. Um, I, I love what Dennis mentioned earlier about the Hey, sit down and think a little bit, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a very popular book, Think and Grow Rich. Most people don't do the very first part <laughs> where when you're talking about, okay, everyone's traveling now, right? Airlines going to have good earnings. So they had a good run up and then, you know, booking holdings is going a little bit higher. Airbnb did okay. And yeah, Expedia, right? That one didn't work. But again, 100% of the time, nothing works 100% of the time. 52%, that's it. Make more than you lose, lose less money than you win. You're going to be fine. Uh, but from from a tech perspective, man, things are really absolutely murdered. Uh, the the positions I'm looking for on a longer term scale, because I do I, I do personally feel like there are some stocks that are getting to re pretty ridiculous pullback prices at this point. Sam Adams is one. Um, I mean, oh, Sam Adams. Wow, we haven't at talked that long time. Three eighty eight a share. Like this thing yeah. was this thing was thirteen hundred dollars a year ago. It's like nobody's that is drinking a beer anymore. Annihilated. Beer. The, the annihilated. seltzer run stopped. It was the yeah. seltzer run, right? Yeah. So it's like, all right, am I going to start picking up some shares down here? Yeah. I mean, even if it's one or two a week, uh, I think Sam Adams is what I'm starting to keep a close eye on. Scott's Miracle Grow, um, mm, SMG, SMG, which is kind of like an I alternative. One too. Yeah, a little bit of a weed play, if you will. Yeah, but I mean a dividend paying stock that just got absolutely slaughtered. Um, mm -hmm. This one's down huge. So I, I have that up, actually on my list. Scott's miracle grow that <laughs> yeah, on somewhere nice, on this man. pullback for the long-term portfolio and a logical spot and, where it bounced was a hundred bucks. I mean, yeah, there's now you got to be buying dips on a stock like that. So I'm with you, Jeremy. Yeah. And so tech, I, I'm still exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm shying away from it a little bit. Cause there's still, there's some downside positions left. I mean, like Netflix is getting just, just reamed, but I think it could go lower. Um, so uh, square PayPal, if I'm buying 
these tech stocks that are down a lot, which I am, but very, very small size. Like I bought four shares of Square yesterday. So we're talking like oh, teeny, really teeny. I mean, it, just tiptoeing in because they're getting it. just crushed. I, I, I love the approach. You know, one of the things is um, I've been talking about it, right? And trying to not take that full swing into your position, yeah. especially and when you're trying to call those bottoms because yeah. it's an easy way to just take a level and then stop out, stop out, stop out, stop sure. out. And so I like the approach. Oh, when, you, when you're saying square, four shares there, what would that be? Like maybe, what are we looking at? Not even a tenth of the, of the position you were to think about? Well, probably even less than that. Less yeah, than that, less right? than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I, I do. I definitely want some big positions in on. Well, I guess I, I keep calling it Square. Worst name change in history. Uh, Isn't it the worst name? I, I actually came out on the show that day. Lego stock was one hundred and ninety dollars a share, and they changed the name. And I was like, "Sell it just because it's the stupidest name change ever." That would have paid actually. But and what the heck? Why do these companies want to change their name? Google, yeah. everybody still calls it Google, but it's Alphabet, you know, Square yeah. to Block, Facebook to Meta. Why mess with a good thing, man? Maybe in Facebook's cases because Facebook was old, but I mean, Another where are it going change. on to yeah. Block? This is horrible. horrible. Absolutely horrible. De deplorable. Yeah. Deplorable. So, yeah, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm buying them small size on the tech, tech stocks, but the stocks that I am looking at buying larger positions on uh, are the ones that are down horrendous that no one's really talking about that are still strong companies adobe right i mean adobe's down almost 50 percent. it's at the 200 yeah. simple on a weekly chart everyone in the world uses adobe we all know how they make money that's a good one um it's nice little hovering off of 400 so it's holding the 200 simple this is a good risk level right because if we do take out this price around this 400 ish range i can buy some puts right i can start hedging with options on the downside these are some of the positions that I like. What about China? China, I'm still shying away from, man. Um, I have 212 shares of Alibaba, and I am still down on those and can't figure out what to do with it. <laughs> bag hold on Alibaba. That's okay. We got to bag hold something. Yeah, got to bag hold something. Uh, Alibaba is the you one. Gotta, you got to participate in the bag. You don't have a bag in this <laughs> I got to have at least, I got to be Santa Claus. I got to get some right? bags. Got to have something. Yeah. Hey, what about the coal? Um, <laughs> Col you know, coal. Santa brings coal, baby. Man, he does. He can. Um, I'm getting some coal on this one for sure. So, yeah, I mean, the, Baba, like, we'll see if it does anything interesting. I'm not going to sell it. I mean, I'll just hold it out Evaluation for a while. Yeah. dirt cheap. I mean, if there's dirt any cheap. stock, you know, yeah. you want to own there, maybe Baidu, maybe Baba, maybe JD. I, I don't have the guts to get down and dirty in China either. Part of me thinks I right. should. Because I think this too shall pass. And these are some really good companies that's some really reasonable and sometimes just in the case of Alibaba, cheap valuations. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know. I had Baba in my long term portfolio for five years. I finally bowed out of it at 147. So I could recome in here at 98, but I don't know. I don't know if I, I can stomach it. Yeah. Jeremy, what about, I mean, we, you know, we've talked some technicals here and we've talked some fundamental, but we really haven't talked the fundamentals that much. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not talking about inflation here. We're not talking about interest rates. Like where do you, uh, you know, where are you fitting in uh, on the fed? What are your expectations or you just try and just put the blinkers on and just stick with your, your technical analysis because that right now that's been the focus of the market. How, how do you approach it? Joel, my retirement plan is to wait for your Kentucky Derby article and just go all in. 
So I don't, why why worry about interest rates when you have Joel Elkanen's <laughs> derby pick? No, man. There you I, go. The way I normally approach that is I do put my blinders on and I'm like, listen, I'm too stupid to understand the Fed rates. I don't know yeah. what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do. No one knows what they're going to do. They need to increase them. We all know that. Like that's coming. Like it's, it's irrelevant. They're going to have to go higher. And yeah. how the market is going to digest it. Well, I mean, inflation is a real thing right now. We can see that across the board. We can see the prices are massively impacted. And that's why, again, a lot of these companies that had these crazy, crazy high valuations are just getting toasted. But for me, man, it is. It's going to be just a technical play with risk reward, right? I'm at this stage trying to lose less than $5,000 when I take a trade. And if I win on a trade, I'm going to try my best to win more than $5,000. And uh, just try to make somewhere between 10 and 12% a month-ish, if I'm lucky, right? That's the goal. Uh, did not happen in April at all. I think I made 2.5% in April. but Still a good just, month considering the market was down 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a little outperformance. They're 12 and a half outperformance. Not bad, double R. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. Hey, but it, but it, it's a lot of lot of quick in and outs like you. Quick. Talk about this algorithmic trading you got going on. Yeah, I see yeah, you tweeting it. about it, and this sounds yeah, cool. Dude. And you've got it's going long, it's going short, it's doing everything without you, and it seems to be making some money. It's doing pretty well right now. It is. It's doing quite well. So the uh, how'd you like come up with this? Like, you know, you don't have to give the secret sauce, but no worries. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it directly like algorithmic trading. I mean, a lot of people throw in that term for buzzwords. Uh, it, it is more of a trading tool that's software based. So it's an API plugin. Okay. So essentially um, what it's doing is it connects directly to my broker and it has signals from charting softwares that fire into an API and then actually take the trade inside the broker. And so what's happening right now is it does, it, it focuses on just strategies on a, a group of stocks, a select group of stocks. And so whatever these stocks do, so those stocks are, you know, Twilio, Mongo Database, EXPI, Fuel Cell, to name a few that are just really volatile and have really nice average ranges. Um, and it just fires off a signal. So if one goes long, it buys, right? And if the signal goes short, it shorts. So it's pretty intriguing to me because I'm trying to replicate your brain, Dennis, since you're half robot. <laughs> Everyone knows you're half human, half sentinoid. And so I'm trying my best to create like a, a play that trades what I want, but just does it automatically. And I think it's exactly. so, so intriguing. Yeah, no, uh, send you send your programmer over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a couple that he needs to get down, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but so is the is it always in the market yeah always always in the market it's never in that. cash it's either long or short um and it doesn't doesn't matter like that what's what's amazing to me is it fires off regardless of what's happening so yesterday even though i did not want to be long mentally i was like well, i'm kind of scared about this the algorithm <laughs> did its thing it went long on some positions and it's holding them right now which is which is cool I do think we have a pullback today, though, to answer your guys' questions. You're like, um, Algo, I don't think you're right, but I'm going to let you do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's... Just sit back and let it kind of work out. Yeah. Yeah, the old optimization uh, trick, right? Yeah. Uh, just two things before we let you go. Uh, I know you've been a, a, a long-time bull on Bitcoin here. It just doesn't seem to be the, the Bitcoin that it used to be, more of a, a trading range vehicle. Have you have any... Uh, any thoughts? Just forty k here, trading range vehicle, or is this? Uh, are we going to hundred k? Are we going to thirty k? What? Uh, what you take mm. on Bitcoin? Mm. Good question, man. We'll hit hundred before we hit thirty, um, in my opinion. But 
it, overall, Bitcoin's actually performed better than than eighty five percent of tech stocks. It has it's held up well. I'm going to give held it up very well. Give, I give, give it some grace. Bitcoin a lot of heat on this show. I give Bitcoin Which a lot of heat. And I'll tell you, and I, I still have a little piece of Bitcoin just in case. Let's I'm hear wrong, it, Dennis. <laughs> come on, baby. Come on. But, but but I'll tell you, it has held up very well with the yeah. with the wreck that the Kathy stocks have taken, the wreck that some of the Nasdaq stocks have taken. Bitcoin's held on. I keep thinking it's coming. I keep thinking this off is coming, but it's not coming. Yeah. So, I mean, at a certain point in time, if it doesn't sell off when the market's going down, what's it going to do when the market rallies? It's probably going to rally. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. tough to stay bearish something that's not selling off. So, I think I'm just going to neutral stance on it, where I yeah. still own a little piece in the long-term portfolio. Uh, but, I mean, it's held up well. It's held up well, man. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm letting a lot of people think, I, I think which is a, a good strategy at this point, is just kind of buy some on a reoccurring basis, treat it like a savings account mm-hmm. because it is so volatile. Like if you buy whatever, 300 bucks worth every four or five days, you're going to catch these nice swings where eventually you're going to buy some really good levels at a low price. And as you buy it, if and when Bitcoin does go back up to 60,000, which I think is an inevitability in the next six or seven months, uh, when that happens, I mean, that's almost a 100% return from where it is right now. And it, we were there a few months ago. So I am, man. I am buying Bitcoin. I'm still pretty bullish on it. Uh, I'm allowing it to kind of hang and hold the 100 simple on a weekly chart. That's still the support that it's holding. And uh, I'm not bearish on it at all. How's the little guy? Is he ready uh, for little is, Jason? He's awesome, uh, dude. He's is, he ready for, is he ready for swim lessons yet? <laughs> he, he is he is actually yeah he's getting into the pools we're getting, we're getting into the water he's doing great man he's doing awesome that's awesome no, i can see it in your eyes how much it's probably giving you energy and push forward um, it is man it is i didn't expect that i thought like kids were supposed to be draining on parents but when i see him smile especially in the morning he's all excited dude i get amped absolutely that's amped. what i'm talking about yeah I definitely know that you pumped up in that uh, real life chat room. I'm sure uh, yeah, getting man. it going. Um, yep. Also, uh, just kind of mentioned on your Bitcoin. I, you know, I've been talking about asset allocation on Money Mitch, so that's what I've been really kind of focusing because I feel like a lot of new traders came in, probably never even heard that term, and then now they're starting to focus on it. So, h- how much are you? You don't have to give us an exact, but you can give us a range. How much are you allocating towards Bitcoin and alternative percentage of your portfolio? Totally. So the the unfortunate thing that happened was cryptocurrencies grew at such a rate that it started outperforming and and out allocating all of my other assets because right. it was because I've been in it for a it's while. Good problem. It, it was. It was a good. It was a good problem to have, and um, it, it started to exceed eighty percent of my liquid net worth was in Holy. cryptocurrencies. Wow. Because it was it was accidental, Dennis. Like I didn't want it to happen, right? But it. 30% of my net worth was in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies three years ago. And it just kind of kept going up. And so I haven't sold a lot. So I'm oh, kind of so still you're in, still man. sitting at 70 or 80% of your yeah, 73% of my net liquid net worth is in crypto right now. Holy, that's confidence. Impressive. Yeah. That shows so. it. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could be an idiot. Like, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, um, I'm just going to kind of keep holding. I think it's just, an. In, I think it's intriguing. I, I agree with Dennis that the technicals can look very scary at times, but the volatility is my friend. If you know how to read a chart, you know how to read its heart. And for me, I'm all about the technicals. I know that, I'll, that I can risk off if I need to, but I'm just staying confident, man. 
You're like Joe Pompliano. Pomp there. He's got like 99% of his net worth in Bitcoin. Everybody's like, sell some Bitcoin, man. I know yeah. you're Pomp Jr. over there. <laughs> Good job. I mean, it's been an unbelievable performer for the last five, six years. So I know you've been in it for a while. So Yeah. All right. Yeah, and uh, before I let you go, definitely give a little shout out to your book, A Stock Market Journey. Make sure young adults win in real life. Can we see yeah, it? Yeah, man. Thank you. So this this book is targeted for anyone who's 8 to 15 or 16 or so, somewhere in that range. And it's a story. So it's not it's not boring. It's a story. Like that was stories. Good. Yeah, it's like a story that. that was created for kids to kind of learn a little bit more about the stock market. And this is, I would say, one of the first stock market books designed for children specifically that's awesome um so if you check have kids out, yeah if you have kids check it out it's it's worth a purchase it's worth them to read it out because am i saying that if your kid reads this they'll become a full-time trader probably not but what it, what will happen is they'll get new beliefs and new insights and that's really all we want as parents is like okay new insights new beliefs what can that lead to and that's what's exciting about this book it's a really really great book great story uh, solid insights. Well, thank you, like always, for joining us, Jeremy. This Love you is guys. The CEO of Real Life Trading. Guys, check it out, reallifetrading.com. Love you Tell guys. You're amazing. There. Next Tell always. Life. All right, there. Let's go ahead. Let's start wrapping on up. There's still a lot of earnings that are going to be coming out tonight, guys. Um, we can get into some of these charts. We'll touch a little bit. I'm sure we won't get through all of these. Square is um, probably the big it. one tonight. Square yeah, block, is the one that. Block. Don't get it twisted. Oh, gosh, I'm never going to call it block niche. <laughs> I missed my window period for there. It's like Google. It's like Facebook. It will forever be known as Square to me. It's a stock that I kind of want to buy back in the long-term portfolio. I got the FOMO going. I don't want to miss the run in Square. But then you look and you think, hmm, maybe the bar is low. But you got the Etsy. You got the pull-ahead. But then I got a small business. You're physically going into those stores using the Square. So... I, I, I'm torn on this one, actually. Very torn. What should I do, chat? Should I rebuy some of my square ahead of the report? I sold it at 125. I can get it back Are you going to sell it if it's a good report? Uh, I mean, you'd never do stuff based on... Re I mean, if you want to buy it, you know, buy a little bit. And, you know, and the report... Part of me wants to rebuy some because I don't want to miss it. So I got the FOMO going. What a move yesterday. You know, just going and looking at the... Can the, the you know, just the candle from yesterday. 93.65. And then, boom, the Leesman Rally, 107. I mean, these are huge pent-up demand built into this market. We can just see when they get an inkling to, hey, 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 this Fed may be not be as hawkish. They can't stop buying stocks. I think they could buy this pullback here. But, again, it's all about the report. And I don't want to be bagging something that falls 20%. Square has the capabilities to fall 15 20% if it disappoints. But I don't know. I, I, I'm totally on the fence on this one. I kind of want to own it going in. But at the same time, I'm scared that I get like lifted or all these other, you know, verbs you could use because there's been so many, you know, companies that have reported disappointing earnings and just been hit hard. Yeah, there's plenty. Uh, they're going to be on, on radar today. They have been hit. Uh, SQ, let me see if I got anything there for you. Man, just such a big range. Man, I don't know, Dennis. I... It's such a wild bar yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the technicals don't even matter, Joel, here, because we've got know. a fundamental got report earnings. coming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we got a fundamental report coming <clears throat> after the bell here that's going to dictate the move. So, obviously, Square, we got DoorDash tonight. Is the bar low enough because Uber disappointed and Lyft disappointed? Does that lower the bar enough for DoorDash to 
But then you had the ridiculous rally in DoorDash, and it went straight up. So I don't know. And the market that doesn't price in anything either. So Yeah, you got a couple here that probably going to go against. I mean, we saw Uber kind of go up a little bit. Lyft get hit hard. What will happen to Dash is definitely going to be interesting here. I don't, I don't know if you can point one way, right? I mean, that, that's just obvious from the reports. Um, Lucid also reporting tonight. I think that one's an important one that a lot of retail traders will be watching. Um, I've been getting more commercials. I can at least tell you that much. I've been What's seeing more. What's the market cap on this thing now? <laughs> that one's it's still going to be high, I betcha. I, I don't know how, like there's just so many of these EV startup companies and they're not all going to make it. So I guess you just got to pick the one that you, you know, the one that you'll like, because it's going to be a couple winners, but they're all just ridiculous valuations. I mean, I don't know who's buying this at fifty, sixty dollars, but you know, what's the market cap? Do you have it in there, Mitch? I'm yeah, like I'm my system's slow. Right I'm trying to bring it up to you. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. We are uh, just a slow leak here. We just don't have the uh, off the hop here. We just don't have the momentum. Need Leesman to come back on yeah, and start talking yeah, to Powell well, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, just hanging at the pre-market low. Uh, 42.60 and a quarter. I just, I wish I could give you, I wish I could give Gosh. you a good support level underneath, but there's not. I mean, just $32 billion, Joel, is the current market cap on Lucid. Yep. $32, 32. Billion. Have they even made a car? Yeah, they, they made some. They made some. <laughs> some expensive ones, but they made them. Holy, people just, this is the one thing that nobody did in 2020 or 2021 for the most part is look at the market caps and say, let's do a little comparative exercise. I mean, this is a market cap almost equivalent to Ford. It's lucid. I, I like mean, Fisker's 3.13 compared that's to That's what I one. looked at. That's why I always like Fisker. Like people say, why do you like Fisker? I guess Ford's 58 billion, but I, I like Fisker more just because I feel like, okay, a $3 billion, wow, they're going to be making months. cars with Magna. I'm going to see them on the road here. It's coming. I mean, they have the deal. They're yeah. coming. And I'm like, okay, well, I have upside here. I mean, I have like you, you could see a world where Fisker could go to a 15 or 20 or $30 billion market. Like, it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. If, yeah. if for it to go up tenfold, Lucid's got to go to like $320 billion. It has to be another Tesla. They're not going to be another Tesla. All right, happy Tesla's hey, Tesla. happy Cinco de Mayo, and also jobs number tomorrow. Folks, we'll keep that yes. on the radar, and uh, I'll check in with you guys later on. Have a good day. All right, guys, nine o'clock. I'll go ahead and uh, start getting Dennis on out of here. I know he has a lot Check to me look off. At. I'm pissing people off. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of movement. I mean, uh, with the Lucid thing, I agree with you, Dennis. One thing to mention on Fisker, their vehicles are coming out in November, so keep that on your radar. All right, I'll go ahead Thanks, and let Mitch. you get on out of here. Let's go ahead. We'll start wrapping on up. We'll get you guys over to live trading with Benzinga. We'll cover anything else that you guys want to cover there. I know that there's a lot to go through. Maybe we didn't touch everything today, but today we talked about Etsy, eBay, the Fed hike. We talked about some earnings shop. Um, we didn't get into the Wayfair numbers. Um, that fell about 8% in the pre-market. Uh, worse than expected EBITDA. I can touch that on live trading. We'll talk a little bit about that. So stick with us right here. We're going to get you guys over to live trading now. Let's go ahead. I know Ryan will be waiting. And like always, guys, I'll see you next time right here on Pre-Market Prep.